0: Hi, welcome back to the Be You Podcast. I'm Jasmine Knox. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode. Now, today we're going to be diving into healing. Healing looks different for everyone. And if you experience depression, burnout, trauma, broken heart, or whatever, uh, you will be able to take away something very beneficial from today's message that you can apply to your own personal healing journey. My guest today knows so much about this space. She's been on her journey of healing since 2020 and has been really looking inward to learn and understand more of herself back in 2014 she created a woman-operated company called her own lane which invigorates the woman of color experience with ease and healing both personally and professionally and recently she created her own digital marketing and creative agency known as victory house agency and in addition to that she is a certified Reiki practitioner, so please help me welcome this kind, spirited soul and busy woman, Nicole Garcia, to the show. I'm so happy to have you.
1: Yay! Oh my gosh, it's always so cool <laughs> to hear like the things that you do outside of you because you forget what you do.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so I'm I was so gonna, happy to be
0: here. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so grateful and it's just, just a pleasure to have your presence. Um, but now, before you became a full-time entrepreneur you were operating um, and moving around in entertainment and working in radio. So tell me about your experience in that field. And when did you start pivoting?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that field, um, I started when I was like, man, 17, 18, 19 years old, like fresh out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I remember taking a class at Pasadena city college and again I had no clue what I wanted to do and I I I decided I was thinking of all the conversations that all like the adults had given us and it was like do what you love and I'm like okay well I love music but I'm not a performer I can't sing I can't rap I can't do any of that excuse me so then I thought well I can't if I love music but I'm not a performer like radio is a cool like step in between so then mm-hmm. I took a, a telecommunications class and it felt like a dare to me because the professor at the time was like you know living in Los Angeles was the number two market in the whole United States and I remember him saying if you want to make it in Los Angeles you have to move out of LA mm-hmm. and do one of the smaller markets and then come back and to me that was a challenge so I was like I'm I don't want to do that like I wanna, <laughs> I'm in LA I right why leave home (laughs) why leave home so then I um I ended up like long story short got it got uh, hired at a 70s and 80s station imagine like I'm like 20 years old I don't know anything about 70s and 80s music (laughs) um but I was on the street team and I hustled really hard from there that station was the sister station to power 106 and then I transitioned from that station to to power 106 and and climbed the ladder from there of um Being Mondo's producer, Mondo was a night show host, and then moved up to Big Boy's Neighborhood and was filling for Liz Hernandez. And even through that segue, when she segued out, and they were looking for somebody to to replace, or not, she's irreplaceable, but like to have somebody fill her that space. And uh, around that time is the time that I realized I didn't want to be on on radio anymore. I loved. The experience I loved talking I loved getting to know people mm-hmm. um and and you know later on I, I now that in hindsight I can see that I, all those things that I loved wasn't because I loved radio it was because I loved talking I loved <laughs> communicating I loved learning right. I loved I loved doing interviews and so I was really just like I loved talking to people and, yeah. and going deeper and um yeah and then from there I I've taken so many pivots in my life like I'm a Sagittarius and a manifesting generator so (laughs) I'm like everything like I get excited for everything and then and then I do it and I climb up really fast Uh and then and then I get a little bored then I pivot and like that's just kind of always been been my life but it was such a really fun time in my life being Mm -hmm. in radio and meeting so many incredible people and being part of people's lives and their stories as well like helping artists grow, like helping yeah. artists like YG, helping artists like Ty Dolla Sign, like really mm-hmm. being part of like seeing Nipsey Hustle's growth and being part of these artists and then seeing how big they are and how big they, they've grown to. You know, it's been really fun to right. see it and, and to, to like be part of, you know?
0: hmm I can only imagine some people that you probably met over the years and in addition to working at Power 6 you've also worked very closely with Sway um, Yes. Were, were you working in New York or were you working here in L.A. still with, with Sway?
1: I was working with him from L.A. Okay. Yeah. So during awesome. that time, so, so that pivot around that time when I was like, I don't really want to be in radio anymore, mm. um, is around the time Twitter and Instagram had started. And so I was still working with Big Boy's Neighborhood, but I was just more of like, I mean, there was no role for me. Like yeah. I liked being there and they liked having me there, but there was no role. So I was kind of mm. like this floater of like administration, but then I would also jump on air, but then I would also help almost like not produce, but like assistant produce kinda.
0: Yeah. So there's no, so anyways, there's no stability pretty much, no, right?
1: Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no. But then there's I don't know if there is stability in radio.
0: Um, yeah, say it's then, radio.
1: Yeah, And then at the time I was like, yo, you know, big boy, there's, there's this new thing called Twitter. We should do it. We should be part of it. We should be part of Instagram. And so that was my introduction to social media. Mm, So then a friend of a friend knew Sway. And so they were like, Sway wants to launch his website. He wants to launch his social presence. And so she linked us. And then it was just, you know, history from there. And so he was from New York. He was in New York. I was in LA, and you know, working with all of his social media, and so he's been uh, such an incredible mentor and an incredible person to work for and work with over the years. And now we just have a great, just a great friendship.
0: Now that is yeah. awesome. Do you have your hands in anything else from um, entertainment wise as of today? Um, as of today, I don't.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh. No, I don't. Um, my agency, Victory House Agency, we work with uh, right now. One of our clients is iHeart Media. And so it's creating the digital strategy and um, content creation for their uh, platform, the podcast platform, My Cultura.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's, it is entertainment, but it's not. It's social right. and marketing. Um, we kind of cross promote working with different artists or different. Um, talent as well and Mm -hmm. talent that I would see you know in radio um actually no actually coming up coming this week we're going to be going to we're doing a content shoot with an artist actually coming up so yeah (laughs) so a little bit I guess yeah like a parallel yeah
0: but not to like the masses before when you were first working in okay (laughs)
1: no not anymore and I'm not really interested in that and if the opportunity presents itself, then then perhaps if that's something I'm excited about in the moment, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, not now.
0: You mentioned um, that you pivoted a couple of times in your career. Was there mm-hmm. like a particular event that occurred to where it made you want to start operating in a place of like healing and, and going down like self-discovery? Um, are, are like
1: specifically in the space of healing and, and yeah. getting to know myself? yeah. Well, I've always been very deep. I've always been, um, even as a little girl, I've always wondered about things that other people didn't wonder about. And I would ask questions that kind of stumped my parents and stumped the the adults around me. Mm -hmm. And I had, I remember always thinking too, as a kid, like, I think, I think I'm different because I understand things different. And even though I didn't understand what that fully meant, Mm -hmm. I still, there was still like this really beautiful depth to me as a little girl. And so as I got older, I think, no, there wasn't like a specific pivot moment for me mm-hmm. that I can recall. But I do know that for certain in 2020 during the pandemic, I think a lot of us were really called to to really go inward. And during that time is yeah. when I did. And it was a, it was a rough time for me in just from like my family to my relationships and so kind of like a lot of things are hitting me at once yeah and and i think that my tribe of people were going through similar things and so we kind of bounced things off of each other we bounced crying off of each other we bounced learning Mm. about um reiki with one another we've learned about you know just having deep conversations, and we talked about extraterrestrials, and we talk about um, how our emotions are tied to our spirituality, that's Mm -hmm. tied to how we think, which is tied to how we feel, which is tied to, like, all of these things, and so I think the hurt that I was feeling, and the isolation that I was feeling, and the uncomfortable feelings that I was feeling, began to catapult me in different, different spaces with different people, with different conversations. And, and it got to a point where I was just tired of shit. Jasmine, I was tired of feeling tired. I was tired of feeling emotionally exhausted and I wanted way. I just wanted ways to cope. Mm -hmm. And so looking for ways to cope ended up leading me to knowing myself and, 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 Led me to to heal places that I wasn't even first intending to heal. I just wanted wow. to feel better,
0: right? Yeah. When um, I mean, you mentioned just being uncomfortable, I felt like that's so important because it's really those those moments where like you just feel mentally, emotionally, physically drained. And mm-hmm. I feel like when you are uncomfortable, was when you really go inward and start to learn so much about yourself. It's like you you find out things that you didn't even know even existed about yourself. Um, and healing looks like it's different for all of us. So yeah. how does healing for you look like?
1: For me, at this space of my life, it feels like self-regulation. It mm. feels like the reminders of the tools that I know and, and the things that I've learned. And even even the space where I'm like, I have no idea where this is coming from. I need yeah. to figure, I need to explore that. But it's... It, they're reminders of going going back to, okay, what I, I learned. And so when I mean this is, let me backtrack for a second. Being in, before 2020, 2018, 17, 18, 19, in reflection, they were very summer years for me. Some in terms of like the season. Yes. We talked about this. We talked yes. about this. Yeah. um where those years for me were very outward very like I had ideas I was passionate I was doing event after event I was hosting more things I was very outward and I think after the pandemic hit it I didn't realize that I have I was going through this but I got hit in a way where I was being called to sit the fuck down mm-hmm. and I was I was I de- I spiraled deep into my fall and my winter which feel which which felt uncomfortable but they were also the seasons I needed to strip myself right. of what I thought I knew about myself to strip myself what I thought I knew about the world of my family dynamic of romantic relationships of friendships of all of these things that I was really stripped down from so when I stripped down from there then then I was really into um a space of learning mm-hmm. and I learned a lot like I really I, I fell deep into learning about myself, about spirituality, about emotions, about how psychologically, how our minds work, how culturally, how that ties into all of that. And so there were a lot of tools that I learned now, that was like the, the intellectual, intellectualized season, right, oh. of, mm-hmm. of learning, of going deep. And so then now I'm very much in a space of embodiment. So in that space of embodiment, when I feel uncomfortable, then it's going back to the things that I learned and then, but like going back to things that I learned, but then really applying those things. Right. And then when there's, right. and when there are things that I don't know, and I don't understand, then those are times where, okay, I need to, I need to explore what does this mean for me and how, how can I make myself better in this mm-hmm. space? Whether it's, it's, um, talk therapy. I mean, I think I'm pregnant now, so I can't do this. But, um, but doing um, you know, going on mushroom journeys and ceremonies and and things like that that as, as a pregnant woman, I'm not doing now, but those are things that also like help introduce me to different parts of myself as well. Meditation, obviously, is a big one for me. Um, breathing exercises that really catapult you almost into mm. into into those like ceremonial type of, of internal spaces as well. Um, but a big one for me is regulation and being present. So when I see and I feel myself yeah. going into spaces of feeling darkness, feeling overwhelmed, and, and as a woman who's pregnant right now, feeling all of the feelings also and just having grace with myself and feeling like, okay, there's a whole human inside of me right now.
0: Right. Yeah. And my
1: hormones are like
0: raging. I'm sure. The wall. <laughs>
1: Man, like yes, they they do be raging sometimes. So sometimes it's also just having grace with myself. Like, okay, yeah. in this moment, I'm not feeling well because, you know, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. And and also being communicative to my partner and telling him, I'm feeling cranky right now. I just want to let you know, I'm working through it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this room right now, or let him know, like I'm just feeling cra- cranky. Please have patience with me, and like really expressing that, or expressing right. that to my mom or to my friends, so they're not wondering if anything is wrong, or I'm mad at them, or you know right. whatever. Right. Yeah, but that's, still really communicating my to to my loved ones and and to myself and and acknowledging it.
0: That's important because I think a lot of times it's difficult to communicate how you really feel and express those emotions because mm-hmm. you're worrying about being judged or not feeling heard so I think it's amazing that you have the ability and the courage to even speak up for yourself that's awesome you mentioned yeah. meditating I I find meditating to be so helpful it's so helpful yeah. just to be quiet and to really allow yourself to detach from the noises mm-hmm. in your minds the outcome everything is there some misconceptions about meditating because people seem a little afraid to even try it
1: yeah I think that that a lot of people especially our age Mm. millennial gen z think beyond that too it seems like a waste of time it also seems like there's not a dopamine hit with that it's Mm. we get more dopamine when from when we scroll on social media or watching a show we feel like there's an outcome to that with meditation it's sometimes it is unpredictable with meditation because sometimes you don't like sometimes the chatter is is a lot and sometimes The meditation feels like you quieted, but it didn't completely quiet your mind, you know, not all the time, but I I feel like some people look at it as a, a waste of time because what is the outcome? If you're looking for a physical, you know, if you're going to watch an episode of the last of us on HBO, Mm -hmm. then you know, you're going to start the episode, you know, you're going to find out what's happening, you know, you're going to get a little scared, you know, you're going to, then you know what happens. But there's, there's a, a, an outcome that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. I think with meditation, if you don't, if you're, you're new to it, then you don't know what that outcome is, when really the outcome is inward. It's not yeah. out at all. It's right. about quieting your mind is quieting your emotions to set the stage for Whatever your day is, for right. the next phase of your day, because you can obviously meditate at any point. It have to be just in the morning. But the outcome is inward. And the inward is the biggest outcome, yeah, as ironic as that may sound. And so for someone who perhaps doesn't do it often, um, yeah, they might look at it as a waste of time, but really, it's it's so important it's so important to quiet ourselves and to quiet our minds and quiet our emotions because if not like them things will run generation after generation and you don't even realize that you're having the same thought patterns that your great-great-grandmother was having mm-hmm. having because no one stopped them along the way they just kept telling the story and then it becomes engraved in your head then it becomes your thoughts then it becomes your emotions and it becomes this really massive uncomfortable cycle that who is breaking and the only right. way to break that is to go inward yes and then from the inward yes. then, then <laughs> the benefits of outward also happen yeah
0: there is so much clarity that comes from that and just liberation that comes from that as well um, and, then, and
1: then people look at it as like very like hippie dippy right like oh man yeah. hippies do that and and it's like well also the hippies were on to something
0: <laughs> they, they were and everyone was funny and everyone just like talked mess about them they didn't believe them. like oh they're just mm-hmm. doing like they're just smoking weed they're just doing that like, they didn't even understand or even try to understand what they were in tune with they were in tune with themselves their spirit and that was really a time
1: that was a, a big introduction to western Mm -hmm. society of spirituality i mean if you look at eastern if you look like at our ancestors like our ancestors have been doing that but from like the western perspective right into the united states that was more of like the introduction so for, for for people who were outside perhaps of the hippie movement and they're in a very structured nine to five like you know what paycheck you're gonna get and you know what's coming up down the pipe like you know you have this different type of structure looking at hippies with this like freedom what looks like bullshit is actually th- that was something that was really meaningful but it was just yeah. an introduction to western society.
0: Mm-hmm. You also talked about um reiki, getting involved in reiki back in 2020. Mm-hmm. I just discovered reiki around that time as well and I loved it. But um for those who don't understand exactly what that is or are not familiar with it, can you elaborate more on the bit- benefits of reiki?
1: Reiki is something that has been practiced for centuries, for millennia of so many different cultures Mm -hmm. from, you know, even from like a religious standpoint of when Jesus would lay his hands on people and, and Mm -hmm. heal them. Right. And not to obviously compare myself to Jesus or to, to compare Reiki practitioners to such a great being as Jesus is really the how do i describe this it's a clarity a transfer it's energy in the purest form that doesn't even come just directly from me or any practitioner it comes from divine it comes from whatever you believe is the purest form of purity of love it comes directly from that and it has its has a mind of its own, an energy of its own, and it's incredibly pure and it goes to wherever you need the healing. Mm-hmm. And and even that journey for me was really interesting. It was a time where I I was having I was having these dreams that didn't really make sense to me. And I remember one night waking up at like I don't know, two three four in the morning, I don't know, and I remember waking up, but from the sound of a pencil writing, like wow. a pencil writing on like a piece of paper, and so yeah. I could hear it clearly, and I didn't understand what it was, and so when I woke up, I just also heard um just write, and so I was like, write, what <laughs> and I'm like half asleep, and so I remember hearing write and so I didn't understand what that was. And it was very loud, like, write, you need to write. And so I just grabbed a, a piece of paper that was just in my nightstand and I just was writing, but it didn't, I didn't write anything that was made any sense. It was more like scribble. And then a couple of nights later, I had another dream um, where in the dream, uh, essentially, they just said that your healing is in your hands.
0: Wow. And, and then
1: I remember waking up like, well, I don't know what that means. Um, And I think I might have thought of Reiki, I don't know. But that next morning, Debbie, Debbie Brown, she called me and was like, Oh, my gosh, there's this thing called Reiki. That's incredible. I'm taking these, um, these courses, these classes with this incredible Reiki master, you have to do it. And she happens to have an opening next weekend. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she was like, she never has openings. This is really amazing. You should sign up. And I was like, dano and that's when i told her i had the dream right before and she was like wow wow all of this all this alignment, like, I got it. so i ended up doing it i ended up taking the reiki course but not, not with the intention to go to create this as a service not as an intention to do that just because i wanted to know what this dream meant what these dreams meant for me mm-hmm. and um and to kind of explore that and and i was also on the space of healing for myself and my, and mm-hmm. for my family and so I ended up, yeah, taking these like incredible Reiki, really intensive courses and classes. And I was obsessed with them and learned so much of just about the spiritual world from a space, from the Japanese perspective, right? And because Reiki is, is stems from the Japanese culture. And, um, it was just, it was just so fascinating for me that I, and I still use Reiki to this day, not as a service, but for myself or if my family or friends are going through something and they ask for Reiki, or I'll just send it to them Mm -hmm. as well. It's been really instrumental in my healing.
0: That's amazing. I'm really a big believer about divine timing. And I don't think Mm -hmm. anything happens coincidentally. It's like more so I feel like it's supposed to happen. Like, you know, Um, so the fact that you have those dreams and then you get that phone call, like you were supposed to be in those classes, (laughs) taking those courses and, and just being of service in that way, and that's beautiful. Yeah, it was really fun. How often would you say you should receive Reiki? Like, is it like a once a month thing? Every six months, or is there even a time frame?
1: No, there's not even a time frame because each person is is just so different. I know people mm-hmm. who do Reiki on themselves every night. I know people who do Reiki every morning. Um, I also don't receive. I personally don't receive Reiki a lot from other people. Um, Why's but that? I do book. Sometimes I forget. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just forget <laughs> sometimes. Um, or I do it when I really feel called. Like, okay, now okay. is the time to do reiki. Um, I still book with my with my, the reiki master who taught me reiki. I book with her, and um, I'm actually I have been thinking about her the last like couple weeks because I want to book with her. And and especially since being pregnant, Mm -hmm. I booked with her in my first trimester. I want I'm in my second trimester now. So I want to book with her again. But I usually I personally do it maybe every like, three to five months. Okay, I want to say that I personally do it like I'll book somebody to, to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. I like to do it at the top of the year. And then towards the end of the year. So either, well, yeah, either one or the other maybe good. not not both but either going into the new year or the top of the new year um and then even yeah. on my birthday I like oh that that's a good time yeah, yeah. and that's, that's a really coming, good time
1: that's
0: coming up for me in a couple months I'm like okay I gotta make an appointment because I I don't know it just it just feels like something and, and in addition to journaling it feels like something to just make way for and clear energy walking into a new year of life yeah yeah. It's
1: it's a really great asset for me also when I feel like things are feeling a little chaotic mm-hmm. when even I can't even when I feel like I can't express what it is but I just know something is off then um that's also a time when I when I book too.
0: Wow. There is this video that you shared not so long ago um that I fell in love with. You were speaking to <laughs> kids at school. And you had said something that I feel was such a very important and real statement. You said that if you don't know who you are, someone is going Mm -hmm. to tell you who you are. So true. When did you come to that realization for yourself?
1: Oh, man. I don't know when I came into that realization. (laughs) I do know, though. I do remember in high school, my dad telling me, if you don't take life by the hands, by the steering wheel, then it will control you.
0: Mm -hmm. And I
1: remember hearing that from him and, and thinking like, damn, that's really insightful, but not really fully understanding what that meant. I think during 20, probably 2021 is when it was, I was still going through my space of healing, but it was felt like more of a space of remembrance, and less of a space of healing and more of like, well, I think healing and remembrance are parallel. And I think they're synonyms Mm -hmm. for one another. I think the more you heal, the more you remember who you are, and you remember what you are, and then you remember your purpose. And you remember those things that, again, are not outward, that those are all inward. And in order to go inward and to heal, you go, you have to you have to tend to yourself, right right And around time, I don't think there was one specific moment. I think it was more so moments or just feeling just remembering, just remembering that i'm I'm bigger than this and I'm bigger, and this being whatever situation, whatever i'm I'm stressing about or whatever I'm tripping over, feeling like I'm bigger than this, but not from a space of ego but a space of this doesn't matter. From yeah. a space of like if I was laid on a bill, like yes, of course it matters to the human perspective of like life, but it doesn't matter from the overall scheme of things. It doesn't matter like I went from such a deep zoom in on my life. Yeah. Then I went I then I went to a very big zoom out of my life. And the zoom out helped me remember who I am. And from that space of who I am. Then that's when I was like, oh, shit, if I don't know, then culture is going to tell me. Well, what does culture tell me? Then, well, culture tells me that I'm supposed to be married by 22, 23, have kids by 25. But then my gender is going to tell me that I'm supposed to be in the kitchen. And then uh, society is going to tell me that I also need to work a nine to five. And then. Then I was like, but I don't want to do those things. And so I would kind of have these conversations with myself of asking myself questions, answering those questions, getting frustrated with those questions, and then feeling like I don't want to feel like closed in. I don't right. want to feel boxed in. And and then kind of like going, zooming in, zooming out, zooming in, zooming out. And so that's when I came to those types of thoughts. And I remember reading um, The Power of Now, and mm. a New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, both of those books, and reading a New Earth also really confirmed these thoughts for me, and really confirmed, and then also like pushed me deeper. Like yes, you're on the right path, and and what else? And then kind of like pushed me deeper. So I think uh, a New Earth really was a great accessory for me in in these thoughts of remembering who I am, and also. In these conversations that I conversations that I would have with people, and that was such a great experience for me too. With um, one of my homegirls is a teacher for I think I think fourth graders, mm-hmm. fifth graders, fifth graders, and she asked me to come in and speak to her class, and she left it open like, "What do you want to talk about?" And that was really loud for me. I, like it, I heard very clearly that you ha- I I had to speak to them about mm-hmm. knowing themselves. Because also that was the last year for them in elementary school, and so going into middle school after that, and it's in it, it's in a very primarily Latino area, and so mm-hmm. in those spaces too, unfortunately, they some of them experience poverty and experience bullying and experience dealing with their parents' problems when really they shouldn't be they should be fit they should have fun they should live life and and those kids also sometimes feel depressed and things like that and so and so having these conversations with them and seeing them light up and also seeing them kind of in like a really beautiful way know this already Mm -hmm. and and to hear back and to reflect back some of the prompts that I would give them and and to hear that hear them say like I am magic. I'm like, yes, the fuck you are.
0: Yes,
1: <laughs> you are magic. And like hearing these types of conversations, like having these conversations with yeah. them, like was just incredible for me.
0: Mm. When you talked, I don't know if it was your first time speaking to children, but when you do speak mm-hmm. to them, do you feel like you're speaking to yourself? Like your inner child? Oh
1: man, it makes my inner child happy. I it feel, It makes my inner child feel seen.
0: Yeah. because
1: I would think these things when I was a kid but also have no one to talk to and if I did talk to somebody about them then they'd be like you're weird can we go play kickball now and right so I was like, all right let's go play kickball you know so I couldn't uh-huh. I couldn't have these conversations so to hear them be receptive to it uh-huh. then that makes me feel like my inner child feel happy like we're friends right
0: <laughs> like, we would have
1: been friends if I'm if, um, you know we were the same age together, you know,
0: so I um, more so feel like happy and joyful. That's awesome. In that same video, you also pointed out something that's very vital. You mentioned you have to really believe it. And yeah. I have to admit, that's one thing that I kind of struggle with sometimes. Like my my faith goes up and down, you know, and I, I mean I'm human. I but it's just yeah I feel like there's so much power and belief so Mm -hmm. i'm just curious do you ever struggle like believing certain things or do you feel like you mastered that already
1: no hell no i haven't mastered that (laughs) i mean i feel like i feel like i've gone through a really important like i've I've tackled a lot Mm -hmm. when i feel like i when i'm saying a mantra to myself and i feel like no, I don't believe that. Then that's when like, okay, oh, wait, there's the cue there. That's, that's a,
0: yeah.
1: that's a, um, a sign for me that something is still festering, that something isn't feeling right. And that's, mm-hmm. then that's when I revert my intention there. If I'm, if I'm giving, if there's a mantra of, uh, or, a, an ideation an ideation, but like, um, this, I like to, I like to visualize my morning, my day in the morning. So if I visualize me having a peaceful day and then I don't believe myself, then I go, okay, why, why don't I believe myself? What's the, what is that there? And then I say, like, oh, well, this is, I'm feeling residual emotions from a conversation I had with so-and-so yesterday. And and that's when I kind of travel back. Okay, What was I feeling yesterday? And I follow these signs back. So. That's the, the 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 gist or not the gist but the the space of feeling like in the spaces of when I don't believe it then yeah. I, I see it as a sign as opposed to before feeling it like shameful. So before I would have a mantra of um say money is attracted to me and money loves me and feeling like that's not true. But then I came from a space of feeling undeserving and feeling mm. unworthy of those things. So yeah. because I've done significant work in that space of worthiness, then those things don't affect me as much anymore, whereas now it's it's more of a sign yeah. for me to go and explore as opposed to a space of shame and
0: unworthiness. Yeah. And that also goes back to what you mentioned earlier about just regulating, self-regulation mm-hmm. stuff, right? So I like that you point that out. When you feel like you don't believe it, you take that yeah. second to ask those questions, okay, why? And maybe even mm-hmm. journal about it too. that's very, yeah. very useful. I even think, I've never thought of it on that standpoint, but that's, yeah, important. that's very. And
1: important. even even that space of journaling too, I feel like that could be a space of, intimidation for some people and I know that that was a space of intimidation I'm speaking for myself as well Mm. when I would I would hear leaders and and people who I looked up to talk about journaling and feeling like well I don't know what to say right and then and then them being like well just free write and I'm like I still don't know what to say and then I kind of felt a little silly being like, today was a good day. And like, <laughs> and not knowing like, okay, I'm just, I'm just kind of free writing. Right. Right. And then eventually it would come out and then eventually, yeah, like journaling has been important to me, but I found for me is it, what works for me is finding journals that have prompts in them already or mm-hmm. following prompts from other people. And so those prompts will ask a question. And so then from there I can answer them and then I get the ball rolling and then get yeah me thinking and and then it gets all the other stuff out and then what comes out I didn't even know was in there
0: to begin with mm-hmm. I like to bounce back between both of them I feel like the prompt journals mm-hmm. are very helpful and then also free write because that's when the free writing journal is like mostly when I'm feeling my emotions and I'm just going I just can't stop mm-hmm. I can put the mm-hmm. pen down where I want to yell to somebody but I'll just yell on paper yeah <laughs> or cry on paper
1: (laughs) yes that is that's such a great way to get shit out yeah it is when you do write it and you get it out in that form so you're not you're not using a person to Mm co-regulate you're using the journal to regulate because I think a lot of times too in our cultures we when we're feeling bad or feeling sad or feeling angry we call somebody and yeah they they help they help kind of bring us down, but we're co-regulating, right. we're regulating with someone else. But then we're also relying on them. So when there is nobody else around that you can call, then that's when you re- that's when you regulate yourself, and you can mm-hmm. use journaling, and you can use meditation, you can use so many different tools. But you're going inward instead of relying on other people, and that's something that a lot of us are not taught.
0: Yeah, we're not taught
1: how to regulate.
0: I mean, especially I feel like in the black and brown communities like Mm -hmm. even doing self-work, going to therapy, journaling, Mm -hmm. that looks so frowned upon. I mean, when we were younger, Mm -hmm. I think at least as women, we were probably gifted diaries and that was just like our deepest secrets, but we were never, we were never given details on like what that really meant and, and how to even write out stuff or, you know, it was just like a thing to have as a kid, but it was so much power into that. I didn't, I didn't know that as young, as a little girl. Man, that's a really good point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And, and how, how wonderful and devastating at the same time that we were given a tool yet with no instructions of what to do with them from there.
0: Right. I started, um, journaling. Well, to the fact, I started journaling like probably the past, maybe, uh, three, four years ago, but, I want to say when it comes to learning, I just remember watching my grandmother. She kept she kept a prayer journal, mm-hmm. and next to her Bible. And I remember I tried peeking it in it, and she's like, "That's not four years between me and God only." And I always wanted to know like what was in that journal, and and I until this day don't know. I think I saw a couple of stuff, but I couldn't comprehend what you know she was writing down. And so that always holds so dearly to me. And like just thinking about what would I tell God, what do I want to say? Because sometimes mm-hmm. I think. When you're praying, it may come out differently on paper because you just have so much more to say, or when you are praying, sometimes it's, it feels so fixated or structured. So you don't really get out what you're truly feeling, you know?
1: Yeah. And also you become, you, sometimes you get into a space of flow that doesn't even feel like it's you anymore. You're just right. Your hand has a mind of its own. I I think that that's also very divine.
0: And I Mm -hmm. think that is
1: by nature in journaling and the purpose behind it is when you are letting things out, it just, it completely flows when you're in that flow, it completely flows and it's no longer you it's, it's, it's the deep inside it's, it's Mm -hmm. the subconscious. And also sometimes it is God going, speaking through you to him or to her or to them.
0: Yeah. I just uh, recently finished the book, uh, the untethered soul. By mm. my, Michael Singer, such a great read. I'm late to the party. Like this, <laughs> I book. haven't
1: finished it. It's okay. I have. I <laughs> I started it and I put it down and I forgot about it. But what it I is read so is incredible. Yes,
0: it's so good. Um, if you got to the third chapter, he does talk about um asking yourself that question: Who am I? And mm, I'm just curious: Who either. is Nicole Garcia? Who is she? So
1: the I like to answer this. I like to answer this from two perspectives, from the okay. human side and from just the being side. The human side is attached to labels. I am Latina. I am a sister. I am my gosh. This is crazy to say, but I'm becoming a mother <laughs> with a little one inside of me. Um, I am a Sagittarius, I am a manifesting generator. These are all things that I live generally day-to-day as a sister, as a partner, as somebody who's a free spirit. Now, that is more on the being side, but the free spirit in the sense of like as a Sagittarius, as from human design, as a manifesting generator. I'm somebody who enjoys being with community. I enjoy creating from a space of, man, I enjoy creating... I need, okay, I need to, I need to, I need to like pause and I need to tell this story because okay. it changed, it changed my life. I was having dinner with my partner and his daughter a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and we were having a really important conversation about depression okay. and about mental health and about how we each navigate through depression and, and mental health individually. Mm-hmm. I remember she asked him. Because when he said that when he feels depressed and he feels like he's going through things that he likes to create. Mm-hmm. And she asked him, well, have you ever felt like you can't create? Like you cannot while you're right. depressed. If that is what makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. And that question, I don't even know what his answer was. Because that, t- that took me to like a completely other, <laughs> other world. Like, what about like, me? What like, about me? Like, what about <laughs> Right, exactly. And then... I, I thought I, I thought about that and I was like, what a profound question to ask as yes, a fourteen year old person, and that made me think about well, what is creation? What is creating? When we say well, I'm a creative, what does that mean? Usually, it means I create art. I'm a painter. I create I, spaces. I create a podcast. I create conversations. I create um, poetry. I create and a lot of these things that are outside of me and so then I thought well damn in the last few years as I mentioned I had been in a space of feeling like my, it was my season of fall and my season of winter and I realized like nah I wasn't creating outside of me but I was creating massive worlds inside of me yeah. by what I was going through inside and I was still still a creator
0: mm-hmm.
1: except being a creator looked a lot different than what I had identified or what my ideology of what, excuse me, a creator was at the time. Right. Because before it was, I'm a creator because because I create these events. I'm a creator because I create these connections with individuals. I'm a creator because I created this artwork. I'm a creator because I created this outside of me. But then I realized, damn, I'm a creator because of the, the worlds that I created inside of me mm-hmm. that created space for this life That I'm carrying to actually manifest, and for them to take form, and for them to to make space for them into this world. So when I say, as a from a human perspective, I'm a creator. I'm a creator of so many different elements outside of me and inside of me. Now that is the human. That is the Nicole person. That is who you are speaking to. Your label that you call me. Who you're seeing. That is the human aspect. Now from a space of a being aspect from a space of no label the best way that I can say which is still even limiting is to say that I am love mm. I am joyful I am laughter yeah. I am excitement I am abundance. I am the opportunities that I seek. I am the feeling of the opportunities that I seek. I am oh, a, a reflection name. of the goodness that you see in yourself. I am the reflection of that when you see me and you see the goodness of me, it's a reflection back of you. Those are the things that I am as a being when you say who who are you? Now, the tricky part is because I am in human form to experience both, to experience right. the human Nicole side of me, but also to experience the love side of me, which is still limiting because it's a word. Mm -hmm. And even love in itself is so it's it's massive, it's expanse expansive, it's more than even language could even comprehend. And and I am a blend of those things. And those are things that I really truly believe that that I am. And on this human uh, journey it's it's a journey of, of remembering that of remembering okay I'm still I'm still here on earth and I still have to pay bills and I still get <laughs> <laughs> I still get irritated and I still have to make lunch when I don't want to and I still right. like I'm still a human you know <laughs> and also I am this being that I can give grace to and I don't feel like making lunch, or I feel like I'm irritated at somebody or irritated at a situation or Mm -hmm. whatever, but merging those worlds together is, man, that is the foundation of my life and where I see so much purpose in myself is remembering Mm -hmm. those things. Wow. The other day I was in the car with my partner and I don't know what the hell we were talking about. And I was like, you know what, babe? You know, my purpose really is just to be. Like that is my purpose. I my purpose is just to be and to communicate. Yes. And that is that is so simple and so complex at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Because just to be, that's asking a lot
0: it is but it's also
1: it it's asking a lot but it's also not at the same time (laughs) it takes a lot of unlearning to get to to, right oh gosh Mm -hmm. yeah and so I remember him being like what (laughs) like what (laughs) like this kind of nowhere and he was like that's right babe yeah you are like then he was like yeah (laughs) because by this by this point he's just like he okay she's she's not of this world sometimes but I love her anyway, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that's where I came to, um, after really remembering those things of who I am and mm-hmm. it brought, and it still does bring a lot of purpose and presence in me now. And I also really try to be present, um, in, in the book, a new world by Cartoli that I was telling you about, it was a really impactful sentence that I I'm going to butcher it. So this is just a paraphrase. But him saying, watch what you say after I am, because it's silly to say I am thirsty, because how can you be thirsty? You feel thirsty. Mm. So instead of saying like, I am anxious. How can you be anxious? That's not Mm. that's not in the menu of who you are. It it begins to fog your remembrance of who you are. So instead, it's I feel anxious. I feel thirsty. I feel I feel those things because you cannot be those things.
0: Right. Well, that's very so, powerful. Oh, that's a game changer. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I try to be very mindful of that as well when I, because it is still the sentence of like who you are mm-hmm. to say those things. And then can you imagine when you say things that are hurtful, like, oh, I'm so dumb because I did this, or oh, I'm so. Or I'm, the, you know, then you're saying these, like, they they that just that's not true. That's not your voice. That's not you. That's someone else. That's society that told you that that's what you are. And right. then now you heard it enough times, which one time is enough times that now it is part of your vocabulary.
0: Yeah. And then it starts being embedded in your mind and you start to really believe it. Then it's so hard to unbelieve those things.
1: Mm-hmm. And then if you're not careful, then you pass that on to other people. Yep. and to your descendants and to yeah then then that's that's the cycle and the loops and the patterns that we were just we were talking about a little earlier
0: so speaking of passing things on you know you are going to be a mom in a couple months now i think you're but spring that's yeah (laughs) oh my gosh around the corner (laughs) i know so I i know you touched on a couple things already but like what's probably the main thing that you are most aware or be mindful that you don't want to pass on to your child that you learned mm. growing up or experienced growing up. You're like, uh-uh, that's not happening. I'm not doing this as a parent.
1: You know, I haven't really fully thought about that. Um, mm-hmm. What I do know that I want my child to grow up knowing that they are very loved and not loved mm-hmm. because there's a roof over their head, right? but loved because they are them mm-hmm. and loved because because we just love them and not for another reason not because uh there's food on your plate and because there's a roof over your head so of course that's love i want them to know love because they see love with their parents i want them to know love because they feel love from their family i want them to know love because they feel it from inside of them and not because of those conditional types of statements yeah um what's important to me well, we're having a son. So what's important to me mm-hmm. for my son is for him to also know that it's okay to feel his emotions and to teach him how to regulate his emotions. Mm-hmm. Not at 30 some years old from when I learned it, but right. at an early, early age, I want him to know boundaries. I want to respect his boundaries. When he mm-hmm. says, I don't want to hug right now. I respect that. So I want to give him that. And uh, I want him to to feel heard and to feel that his voice matters. Um and honestly, those are all things that I, I didn't feel growing up. Yeah. And so those are things that I want to feel in him as he grows up.
0: <sighs> you're gonna be an amazing mom. <laughs> you're gonna be such Thank a you. great mom. <laughs> I mean, I think Thank many you. of us can agree to that. Like we didn't We didn't have that experience. I know I didn't. I definitely um, heard those statements like, you got a roof over your head, you should be grateful. You have food on the table, Mm -hmm. you should be grateful. Or, you know, that was Mm -hmm. enough. And I actually had this conversation with my sister not so long ago. And this is not to to say anything like negative about um, my parents, because our parents only did what the best they could have done. But I don't think I heard enough of the 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 power words like you can do this you are enough as you are or mm-hmm. I, I mean like you're enough because or like I love you because of this mm-hmm. like it was like those conditional statements even though I'm pretty sure they didn't mean it entirely but it's just right our words are powerful you know so when you hear these things mm-hmm. over and over again um you just don't even think there's another way to be loved <laughs> right
1: and then you look for that type of love outside yeah. of you right And there was a thought that I had recently that honestly blew me away (laughs) where it felt like I really sat there and thought, here I was thinking the journey inward and the journey of healing and the journey of just feeling better in my life was for me. Mm -hmm. I thought it was for me, for my life, my lifetime, I thought it was for me Mm -hmm. and I realized no it's not (laughs) it's bigger than me yeah and and I realized and and I it was like thought after thought after thought and I know I know you've experienced this when they like all these thoughts come in you're like whoa 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 like all these downloads at the same time (laughs) at once I remember man I remember sitting there like oh my gosh I needed to do those things in preparation for this child Mm -hmm. I needed to clear the I needed to clear this out of the way I needed to stop these patterns I needed to quit that I needed to unlearn this I needed to relearn that like dog what I I had to relearn love and that was like a huge a huge thing for me is to relearn love and to unlearn everything else which then took me on spirals of unworthiness and undeserving and then and resentment and upsetness and all of these things. But then now having a clearer vision of what that is, I needed to learn those things for him to come into this world, to do what he is meant to do. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't, he couldn't have, he couldn't handle the baggage that I carried. Mm-hmm. And he needed me to be like, all right, Joe, like stop that, like, let those go. So then I could come in and do what I need to do. And man, like that clarity blew me (laughs) away (laughs) like yes there are benefits in my life that I get to experience because I stopped these patterns and because of these things but also it's so much bigger and my partner told me that too um there was one time in in, and we had just found out we were pregnant and I think I was just a few weeks in and I was getting real emotional I remember calling him facetiming him and being like, am I ready for this? Are we ready for this? Am I going to be a good mom? Da-da-da, like all of these thoughts. Uh-huh. And I remember him very calmly saying, it's bigger than you. And I was like, well, damn it. <laughs> and it's I really needed to hear that. so true. I really needed to hear that to calm me down. But the moment that that click didn't happen, until, so, I don't know, sometime after that, I remember, I remember the specific moment sitting at my desk, and I remember getting all these downloads, and it was like, download, after download, after download, after download, after download, and I was like, whoa, whoa, like, literally leaning back into my chair, like, wow, all of that was for my son. Mm-hmm. And we hear, we hear that as we heal ourselves, that we hear our ancestors, we heal our ancestors, and we heal mm-hmm. our descendants. I love that. And, this is the time. Like this is this is the the one day is now for me of healing for my descendant because mm-hmm. my descendant is coming in 3 months. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was really magical for me and really profound for me to see that yes, of course I get to reap the benefits of this because this is my life and my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And also it's has nothing to do with me and it was mm-hmm. for him, for him to do what he needed to do and for if he chooses to have kids, then for his descendants, or for whatever kids that he gets to bless their lives, into he needed to to un he needs to not carry that baggage for them and for that message and for the new world that he'll be creating.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yes, that
1: blew blew me away.
0: That is it is mind blowing because it's it's so true. It's so true. It is bigger than us. It is so bigger than us. I when I'm sorry, my my healing journey. I'm like thinking. I'm doing it for myself, but in reality, we're doing it for the next generation to come. That's amazing. And for our
1: ancestors. And are, for our and for
0: our ancestors. Yep. yep. Okay. You uh in your bio, Nicole, you also have written down that you create you're creating things that you wish existed in digital and real life experiences. In what areas have you created things, projects, or even provided opportunities for other people?
1: Man, what, what's really important to me is creating that space. And mm-hmm. I, although I haven't created an event in a long time, mm-hmm. that is something that's been really special to me, specifically for her own lane. There's, I had I had put together a lot of events before, again when I was in my summer years of 2019, 2018, um, putting these events together and using the platform that I have to bring in other experts to talk about what to do when you're feeling these emotions mm-hmm. bringing experts to talk about ancestral work bringing experts in to talk about money to talk about finances to have these conversations that before we weren't happen- having whereas now they're a lot more common that we're having now yeah. and so although I hadn't I haven't put together a physical event in a long time it's still these conversations and whether that's something that happens in front of 100 200 a thousand people or it happens one-on-one these are still the types of conversations and the things that i have wished i wish that i had a little younger or i wish i had when i was growing up but these are the conversations that are important to me Mm. um even through my digital marketing agency victory house agency and we also create um photo shoots for our clients sometimes and so and in those in those photo shoots as well it's the preparation it's it's really the 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 ethos of me of remembering who I am is mm-hmm. still in the work that I do. So although Victory House is something that's run by a team, my ethos is still in that right. in the spaces of knowing who you are. So even in our work of the the not the patience but the the love that we put into our work, the um, the creativity, the the space, the I'm I'm leaning toward the word patience, but that's just lack of a better of a better word right now. But all of that is still seats in the photo shoots and the content creation and the data analysis and the digital marketing world uh, work that we do, but even with her own lane, which is something that is really important for me to revisit as well. And that's something I'm actually already talking to um, a girlfriend of mine, but we'll We'll announce it very soon, but we're working on an okay. event that's that's happening this spring as well that I'm really excited about too, which you will see on social media. Okay, can um, wait. But yeah, cre- creating those spaces is important for me that still remind people of who they are and still mm. bring that same type of remembrance back to them.
0: Yeah, that's important too, because we don't really have a lot of that stuff at all. We don't really have spaces where we can go and feel seen and feel heard or probably even see people that look like us you know yeah so I love that I want to segue um into the game I mentioned to you before about Mm -hmm. name that memory so I'm taking down memory (laughs) give me something anything that you have attachment with with this song or that year I would love to hear your story okay we're gonna take it to 2003 Beyonce baby boy oh my gosh
1: Baby boy, okay, 2003, I was a freshman in high school. And I remember hearing that song and I remember seeing that video on one hundred six and Park. Mm. And I remember uh, Beyonce and Sean Paul in the basement, or like (laughs) in some basement dancing. And I remember at the school dances, that that song would come on and everyone would freak dance, <laughs> and and, the and I remember, the, yeah, yes, 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 yes. the little hip, the little hip, oh, twirls. Yeah. yes, yes, little hip twirls. I remember the like proctors and stuff being like, whoa, you know, right, right, out.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that's the memory that that I have there. Uh, Miss Elliott, two thousand one, one minute man,
1: one minute man. Uh, I feel like. I shouldn't have known that song in 2001 <laughs> because I was in seventh grade. <laughs> um, I remember being in seventh grade and again, seeing that video on 106th and Park and singing that song with my brother. And I don't, I didn't know what, uh, what was what going on. on, the definition. Yeah. <laughs> was, I didn't know what that was. But now just in hindsight, like maybe I shouldn't have been singing along to that song.
0: Yeah, that one I mean, I knew Trina's verse from front to back and I, I feel kind of embarrassed to say I knew that.
1: I think I'm Age, because I shouldn't know
0: what Trina was talking about, but Man. You know.
1: <laughs> yes. It's like you know what I'm embarrassed to know is um too close by next.
0: Oh, like yeah. I'm embarrassed
1: that I know all those lyrics. And when, whenever that song came on, like I was definitely too young to be singing along <laughs> to that. And that's still not knowing what that meant until years later. But yeah, <laughs>
0: that's so hilarious. Okay, last one. Uh, 2012, Dom Kennedy, My Type of Party.
1: Oh, man, that was a much more chill time in my life. Uh, I remember being, was I in radio during that time? Yeah, I was in, no, I was working with Sway during that time. Oh, that was the blog era. That was the blog era. That was a really big
0: blog area, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I remember that was a blog era. I remember Dom Kennedy being also very big in LA. Uh, I don't have that many memories specifically to that song, but I just mm-hmm. remember it being a chill a chill song and it being a chill time in my life and I, I just remember being, it being a blog era and also working with Sway during that time. And even that, like, his website was very blog-heavy and and working with him and his team, which is always a delight. Like, I always loved working Mm -hmm. with Sway and his team and also just getting random phone calls from him with random bars and then him being (laughs) like, all right, Nick, I'll talk to you later. And I'm like, (laughs) Sway Calloway is, like, still, like... Like, like, I still get starstruck. Like, even when he texts me, like, on, a, on like, a regular Tuesday, he'll send uh-huh. me a text message, and I'm like, still Sway. He's yeah. still a legend. Just texting me about some random thing. Yeah.
0: I've never met Sway, but he seems so down-to-earth and just he a great is. time. Like,
1: oof. Everything you perceive of him from the light, like, he is, he is funny. He's, he's, he's giving, he's generous, he's has random he just drops random bars, random gems, and you're like, yeah, that's just very insightful. (laughs) Like he's incredible.
0: Oh I love And you
1: you will meet him too. He also comes to LA. He's been coming to LA a lot more. So you will meet him.
0: Cross my fingers on that. Well that's awesome. Again, thank you so much. I have so much, so much fun just talking to you and I want to dive in more, but we'll do it next time. Thank you so much
1: for having me as a guest on your podcast and, mm-hmm. and for having these types of conversations. I love them. And thank you for the work that you're doing to not only just in yourself for yourself, but what you're doing in these conversations for us as well. This is really important. And thank I honor you. you for doing
0: that work. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You know, I think it goes without saying that the biggest takeaway from today's show was when Nicole said it's bigger than you. I highly agree with this statement. Um, when you're doing the work on yourself, when you're going inward, when you're stripping away everything you thought you knew, you know, on learning things, this type of healing that you're doing on yourself is bigger than what you feel in that moment. You are healing your ancestors. You are healing your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren. Um, and it's a lot of people that can learn from you as well. So think about that next time when you're on your journey. Um, if you want to keep up with anything Nicole has going on and creating these days, you could follow her on all social media platforms at with Nicole Garcia. And of course, stay in touch with me at Jasmine Knox underscore. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast. I'll catch you here next time on BU.